Welcome to Gimcrack Videos. How can I help you? Hi. Hello. Yeah, we're just uh, browsing for something a little different. Well, have you tried our Forgotten Classics section? Is that the one that's over there under the sign that says Blighted by God? Oh, found something. Have you seen this before? No, I've never even heard of it. Perfect. Wonderful. Enjoy your selection. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're still here, right? <clears throat> oh. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another episode of Found on Shelf, the podcast where we tell you everything you could never wanted to know about movies you wish you'd never seen. My name I'm is Dustin. I'm going to kill you. I'm going <laughs> to kill you. <laughs> joining me on the show is Patrick. What's going on? You know, do you ever wonder what you're doing with your life? Constantly. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, this week I was spiraling, man. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I was thinking about quitting the whole project. I, how do you even deal with what this movie is? Like, what even is this movie? <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm contemplating like the vast nothingness of existence and how the eventual heat death of the universe will mean nothing on a cosmic scale. And all of a sudden, they're strip searching the gnome puppet. <laughs> And I look up from my phone and my dark reverie and and I just see bear puppet ass. Yep. And like buff bear <laughs> puppet ass, might I add. <laughs> and just like that, I was back in the game, baby. Just like that. Let's do this. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight uh, we're talking about a 1990 fantasy buddy cop comedy is what it's officially called. Uh, it's called a uh, gnome named Norm. And this movie is also known as Upworld in some countries. And I saw it was referenced as Space Cop in some other country. And I have no clue where that name comes from. But it's currently sitting at a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, yeah, you can stream it for free on Tubi right now. And it's worth every penny. Yep. So if, uh, if you're going to try to pitch the movie to somebody and have them run over to Tubi and watch it right now. What's your pitch? How would you like to see a buddy comedy where a dude, a life-size puppet, and his love interest reveal a murderous conspiracy? And also, at some point, the puppet visits a strip club. Wait, I'm sorry. Actually, that's the plot of the ALF movie? Wait, what? Did that happen in the ALF movie? In, in Project <laughs> ALF. That happens. As a matter of fact, he's going to the kitty cat club, and I need you to brace yourself. <laughs> he goes into a strip club in the ALF movie called the kitty cat club because he thinks that he can eat cats in there. Of course. It's, it's, that's ALF. Are you, I've never watched that movie. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. it's, it's after this and film, I loved actually. ALF. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it takes place after the end of ALF. Do you know how ALF ends? 
I don't. The whole, it's a TV show. Alf the TV show ends with the government finding Alf and taking him away from the Tanners to be studied and imprisoned in an Area 51. Good God, that's depressing. That's almost more depressing than dinosaurs. Uh-huh. Except for if you do watch the movie, he has turned that into a paradise by running weekly poker nights and acquiring things from cheating again. Yeah, as Alf but, would. I, I, he ends the movie being ambassador earth, but I think our pitch where he buys cheers is just better. Oh God. How great would that be? I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. Cause if anybody wants to do it, I, I would watch it in a heartbeat. It's, it's Alf running a bar similar to cheers, but with other washed up eighties actors stopping in and having drinks. Gnomed Gnamed Gnorm is a cinematic vision of special effects legend, Tom Savini, and also a puppet visits a strip club. How could you not want to see it? Right? <laughs> Upworld. Yeah. Well, did you have anything else to add before, or should we just start the trailer so we can? No, all let's let's start the let's start the trailer. I can't so, I can't add anything else to this conversation at this point. The puppet visits a strip club. Either you're in or you're out. Spoiler: Maybe be out. <laughs> this I believe in the trailer it was when it was called Upworld because it was just a trailer from a VHF rip. So it's kind of nice that it does not sound like your traditional generic trailer, uh, but it is also terrible. Uh, <laughs> so without I'm further, so excited. Oh, it's wonderful. Here we go. Welcome to Upworld. He's an LA cop. He's a uh, gnome. Right, a gnome. He's hot on the trail of a million bucks. He's after the earth. Uh, the earth. Uh, right. Meet Gallagher and Gnome. Two guys with nothing in common. Giant opals. Well, almost nothing. Take it easy, will you? You gotta concentrate. They've got to work together and get it together before everything blows apart. Upworld, the normal, it's good not. Good normal, it's good They're hinting at the one good joke in the whole movie. <laughs> the gnome Norm says that his his name is Gnorm, <laughs> and that he is a gnome. And and the cop says the G is silent. And Norm looks at him and goes, "No, it's Gnot." <laughs> and that's so stupid, but it's so good. Right, it's the best joke in the whole thing. I I remember. I remember watching this, and I, I, I want to say it was like mid-90s when I saw it. I am like 90% sure I saw this as a child and remember almost nothing about it. But like the, like the yawning bit and a couple scenes kind of seemed like they ring a bell. Um, I did cheat. I did Google it to see what year it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's as far as I went. But um, in the um, search results, the VHS cover was there, and I am 1,000% sure I saw that in the video store. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I I told you, the, the one heads up I gave you before watching this, I said, keep in mind, this movie is rated PG. <laughs> so, this is one of the few PG-rated movies released after PG-13 that felt like a PG movie prior to the blockbuster films, because, like, PG just meant parental guidance, but, like, there's full-on nudity in a lot of those PG movies, if you watch them. Yeah, and not this like, one. like like oh, Dragon Slayer. I did find a uh, a one sheet for the train. You know, when they were back when they asked to try to sell it to the movies rental stores to pick up, it says ninety six percent of kids say Norm was excellent. So they are 
actively pushing this as a kid's movie. <laughs> can 96% of kids. And it should not have been 96%. You should uh, not let that many kids see this movie. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure what the age limit is here, but like, I was a little skeptical going in. Then he walks into a strip club and I'm like, oh, well, all right then. That. that that's the first time they walk into the strip club. Yeah, they do walk into a strip club <laughs> twice in this film. And best part is they also is at one point uh, Ganorm dances on stage <laughs> with a performer. I, I actually haven't seen Project Alf in a long time, but I don't think that happens. Nah, see, that's a so shame. It does have a little bit on there. Well, our, our detective Gallagher, we can kind of get into this a little bit. I don't know if it said in the trailer. I don't remember already. It was Anthony Michael Hall. It did not say in the trailer, which tells you exactly where Anthony Michael Hall is in his career. If you didn't already <laughs> gather that by virtue of him being in a Gnome game, Gnorm. Well, this is this is actually kind of uh, I mean, he was just coming off of like weird science. And when he did Saturday Night Live, so he was kind of. Really? This is just after Weird Science? Yeah, it's a couple of years after Weird Science. Well, it's, I, could say, I could say there's a couple of years for two reasons. One, he's he's bulked up a little. I don't know if it's if it was John Hughes directing him, but he had a very specific style in all three of those movies, and it is not present here. No. The, he's the, like the, 20 years old and he's supposed to be a detective. And it's, right. <laughs> he looks like he's 16. And and the, the thing about it, too, is like he's carrying himself like a man-child character. Mm-hmm. Which you would think would work, but it doesn't because like his whole energy in the other movies is that he is young, but he's trying to act older than he is. And that's where the comedy comes from. And the inverse doesn't work. Yeah. And they're trying and it just doesn't. Before we go too far into it, you cannot escape the fact that five seconds into it, it says a Tom Savini film. So I do have questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first of which is this is first film and the, the second Wait, is tom savini he, yeah you mean stan winston oh that's right i'm sorry it is, <laughs> it is stan winston yes did i say tom savini earlier yes. i want to say tom savini in the pitch yeah stan winston <laughs> who is a different person than tom savini tom savini does eventually make a movie but um it's not this style no. sex machine would not be caught dead making a gnome game <laughs> norm my apologies to everyone shit <laughs> 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 We're leaving that in. Stan Winston makes yes. this film. Yes. Of the Stan Winston school. Is this Stan Winston's only movie? Oh, no, it is not. Okay. Is this his first film? No. Actually, it was his, <laughs> it's the last film he directed. It's his second one. Okay. Okay. Well, we, well, at least, we will oh, get to that at the very I, end. I, I'm, I feel relieved that no one let him make another one. <laughs> Like it, like you, you can tell his his special effects work is 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 like bar none, obviously, oh, yeah. and and it it shows in the stupid Norm puppet because any other movie wouldn't have a puppet even half as good. Yeah, but this movie didn't need the puppet because the puppet is cool and the movie is not. <laughs> no, the the movie needed the puppet. The puppet did not need the movie. Yeah, they needed a different vehicle for that puppet. <laughs> kind of speaking of the movie, so like we said, uh, Anthony Michael Hall is a detective or trying to be a detective. They kind of say both. So we'll go with detective or, or want to be detective who does not like guns. And <laughs> he's decided to be a police officer turned detective. And we kind of open up with them trying to set up a, uh, a sale of some sort to try to bust some people. And literally four and a half minutes into the movie, we're at a strip club. So a couple things about that. Um, <laughs> firstly, watching the credits of this film, 
when you suggested the movie was called a gnome named Norm, I um, was under the impression it was like one of the the myriad of bad CGI Shrek knockoff movies that came out in between oh. the years two thousand four and two thousand now. All right, and. Um, I was immediately taken aback by realizing this is a live action movie. Yeah. And then my notes do say, and so this this is a, a problem for Patrick recording at uh, 11 o'clock at night and not Patrick watching the movie. The notes do say, did Stan Winston direct this with all exclamation points? So, <laughs> followed by, is Anthony Michael Hall in this? Yes. Followed by, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> followed by, I have seen this before. <laughs> And then the final note says a strip club at four minutes and 55 seconds. So if you are taking count four minutes and 55 seconds exactly, they walk into a strip club in what is inarguably a children's movie. Yes. 96% of children of kids said it was excellent. I would have too. <laughs> right. They're setting up a a bust, essentially. And it kind of it kind of cuts back and forth from dealing with the criminals who are behind the scenes at the strip club. Mm-hmm. They literally could have been anywhere else. There was no need for that to be the strip club. But there is an interesting thing that happens here. What is that? One of the criminals is being played by Robert Zadar. <laughs> the main bad guy in the film is named Zadar. Yes. But the bad guy, Zadar, (laughs) is not being played by Robert Zadar. Robert Zadar is a henchman of the bad guy, whom is named Zadar. Now, to be fair, it is spelled differently. Is it? (laughs) I think it's Z-A-D-A-R. Instead of Z apostrophe D-A-R? Yeah, so clearly, clearly two different things. Clearly two different things, not a reference at all. No. Right? So the actor Zadar is the henchman for the character Zadar. Mm-hmm. We all um, on board? We got this? Yeah. <laughs> all right. If you, if you, haven't seen, you haven't seen Robert Zadar in a movie, yes, you have. Yeah. Um, if you would like <laughs> to go see Robert Zadar in a movie, it's a maniac cop. He's the guy with the big big jaw due to his, uh, was it his cherub? It was no, something. Yeah. I, I'm not certain. It was, it was medical, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was him. And then, and then, I mean, it's it's actually got a decent decent cast. I mean, it's got the darn, it's got Anthony Michael Hall, and the the police chief guy is Jerry Orbeck, which is he's. I mean, if you've ever watched Law and Order, there you go. You know what other TV show he was in? Hunter. Was he really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My first thought was nobody puts baby in a corner, but he was in Hunter too. <laughs> he was in Hunter. He's been in a ton of stuff, like all the way back to '58, his records go. But I, I mean, I knew him most from Law and Order. He's like the main dude on Law and Order. But for years, forever, I did not know he was the voice of Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. Yes, he is. I did uh, not know that. And do you know who he sings a duet with in that movie? Yes. I guess we're going to get to that at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, perhaps. All right. So, so yeah, we there's a conversation that's going back and forth between the police trying to set up this uh, this this bust of illegal diamond smuggling ring or whatever is going on, <laughs> and the criminals in the strip club saying, "Let's meet at an abandoned zoo <laughs> at a park." So. I'm going to speed through this, but I, because the movie does, but I have a follow up, and that is, like they meet at the zoo at or slash park. Anthony Michael Hall is responsible for setting up this fake bust, and yeah. then while it is happening, 
a separate party actually makes the swap with for with the briefcase for money. He takes the money and can't substitute a different briefcase that explodes, right? Yes. And the gnome named Norm sees all this. Yeah. Okay, but it's clear that Anthony Michael Hall has in some way screwed this up. And I am not sure how. Well, Be- I think because- in, the, in the police chief's eyes, they're like, oh, well, you let the you let the guy take off and you got knocked out. You're an idiot. Or did he get knocked out? I just wasn't sure what happened to him. I, I just, he just wasn't on screen all of a sudden. Yeah, an unknown assailant snuck up behind him and hit him on his head when he was going around that little uh, merry-go-round thingy. Okay, I must Which have blinked. We find out who he is later, but yeah, knocks him out, um, and then grabs the case, swaps the case. Yeah, the the other guy has a case and he's waiting, and then the suitcase just blows up. Which <laughs> is like Jesus. That's pretty harsh, but that's that's what happens. And then as my Anthony Michael Hall is waking up, and the cops are there, and they're like, "Oh, you fucked up," and blah blah blah. And he decides to stick around and investigate, as uh, you know, one should. I don't think anybody, any real police officers, would have just left the scene and been like, oh, mm-hmm. well, "Well, we'll we'll come back tomorrow." Of course. And then in the complete pitch dark, he sees a bag hanging off of a tree, somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he goes up to climb it and that's where he sees a little sparkling jewel and um then we get introduced to norm i've decided that norm has I've, I've 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 classified them as superpowers it's his superpowers he has the ability the amazing ability to stand behind you unnoticed and move really really quickly as soon as you turn around to look at him. Yeah, well, to me, it struck me as like a play on Hobbits because, you know, like mm-hmm. in in The Hobbit, the book, like the, a Hobbit could just disappear if they if they don't want to be seen, their powers that they cannot be seen, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a mission as an aside in The Hobbit, which is a children's story. And so it doesn't really carry over until like The Lord of the Rings in any real functional way that I can remember. I don't think. I don't know. There's so much text there. What the <laughs> fuck is happening with the somewhere else? I don't know. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, that was his kind of superpower, but he wasn't like disappearing. He was literally just moving quick and hiding behind people. First of all, Anthony Michael Hall drives his, um, is it a red convertible? Yeah. Back to his home with a garage in mm-hmm. a city on a cop's pay in his 20s. And Norm has, t- has tagged along behind him because he needs the glowy bag or the bag right. with the glowy stone inside as we all do. Like if you have something shiny, I'm going to want it like, and, and I can't even say about bags because I've got three bags of dice sitting on the desk in front of me. So like shiny rocks, I'm all in pouches I'm all about. So I'm right there with you, Norm. I got it. Do you have the scene? He gets like trapped in a, in a, in an animal cage and he's in this person's living room. And his first instinct is to call his partner Humst is clear. They have set up like romantic tension between him and his partner. Oh, her name was Samantha. I called her Sam all the time. That's right. Sam. Yeah. Okay. So Sam and Anthony Michael Hall, who's playing Gallagher. <laughs> but even though he has no Gallagher's, he, ha- he, he, like, there's no watermelons in this movie. There's no, thankfully, no weird racist stereotypes that he keeps doing on stage 40 years later. But um, no real Gallagher's are featured in the film. No. But yeah, he calls her up. Do you know what she was from? It drove me nuts all movie, but I resisted the urge to actually try and look it up. <laughs> Claudia Christian from Babylon 5. Don't know And that. Maniac Cop 2. 
I knew it had to be something. <laughs> it had to be something schlocky. That's the only place I would have known them from. Yeah, she was in a bunch of other stuff too. But the most important one is Maniac Cop too, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. I'm t- I'm just saying we could make a better movie with a leprechaun and a squad car. Just give me the budget. I'm right here. Dude, leprechaun. If he has a, if he has a leprechaun, could have a gnome sidekick. Just saying. Uh, so yeah, at this time in the movie, we discover the gnome's second magical power, which you'd mentioned earlier. Uh, he has the ability to yawn and make other people fall asleep. Which, by the way, it has driven me nuts for years. Which movie I saw this in, and now that I know it's this one, I'm I'm upset that I remembered it. <laughs> and now you know why you didn't remember it. You know, repressed memories are repressed for a reason, folks. <laughs> Don't try to unlock them. So, <laughs> and then uh, I. Norm Norm Hobbs, and I don't know why Anthony Michael Hall had an animal cage to to begin with. Like he just had it in his house, and he doesn't have any pets. No, he just has a little small animal cage. I, that that part kind of struck me as odd. It's too small to use for pet play, too. So I don't even know why it's there. But <laughs> add that to the pet life profile. So Norm hops out at the cage, goes to steal his pouch back from uh, our sleeping Gallagher. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I had to write this down. This is because uh, with every superpower, you also have a weakness, right? And Norm's weakness happens to be glass doors. I thought you were going to say film quality. <laughs> he just <laughs> runs right into glass doors. It just knocks himself out. This is why you put stickers on the door. Don't create injuries. Save birds. Save gnomes. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The gnome you save could be your own. Then the detective's like, hey, this isn't my first time. Well, you know, (laughs) okay, I guess this happens a lot. And he turns out he's got the actual uh, uh, crystal in his pocket. He didn't leave it in the pouch. No! What was that? You spoke! No, eat, Lumen! What is the deal with the steak? Talk or I'm going to eat it! (laughs) Talk or I'm going to eat it is the reasoning of a dog. Why? (laughs) I found this thing. I'm going to eat it. Is it food? I don't know. We're going to eat it and find out if it's food. Talk or I'm going to eat it is like something that an orc would say in a in a fantasy comedy. This is this is the cop. Talk or I'm going to eat it should be no norms lie. Not not I'm going to like throw it. You know (laughs) I'm not I'm going to like put it in the garbage disposal. I mean, it's. I'm just gonna eat it. No, you're gonna die if you try to eat that. I don't know what you what you think you're gonna achieve by eating this. I'm gonna eat an irradiated D20. Right, and then Norm's gonna be like, "All right, cool, you'll die." And then when you're done, I'll just rip it out of your belly and off I go. That's I, the I Tom Savini version. <laughs> I don't know what. I, Bringing it back. Yes. We're going to do a remake. In my head, Canon Anthony Michael Hall forgot the line and just it's like, I'm going to eat it and put it in his mouth. <laughs> so what do we do, guys? I, I don't know. He just kind of did it as a goof to make the to make Stan laugh. Like, and Stan's <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's like, so so Gallagher's talking to his girlfriend or yeah. his his other detective chick that he's talking to. He calls her in the middle of the night. It's like, <laughs> you got to get over here because I need to show you something. It's small and hairy. <laughs> Yeah, 96% of kids say this is well, a movie. And then she's like in a robe in the bedroom. And it's not like overtly sexualizing her, but it's not not. It is a wild scene to put in the movie. It does get worse, but uh, in about five minutes. Which, by the <laughs> way, the, the movie is then about to do my one of my least favorite plots of all time. Here's the plot. Horny gnome? No, 
No, oh, horny gnome no. is like in top ten. Love horny gnome plots. <laughs> no, the the, the 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 plot that I am talking about. You see it in the kids' movies a lot for whatever reason. It's I main character is experiencing a thing, either witnessing or knows about something. Main character points out the thing. The thing does not happen. Everyone spends the rest of the movie thinking main character is insane, and it's just awkward situation. Don't talk yeah. awkward situation. Hate that. They don't do that as much in this movie, but they certainly start off that plot. Because everybody else that sees Norm is just like, oh, it's just a weird looking person. And it's not a weird looking person. It is not. <laughs> I would never look at that and go, that's a person. Like, I think, <laughs> No. Oh, if you looked at it, you would think that's a weird looking dog. Yeah, or some weird fox animal. Not a. Yeah. The, the, the other thing is, like, of the two of them, Norm is the one that should have been talk or I'm going to eat it. <laughs> yes. It's 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 clearly animal reasoning. Anyway, the the the, the whole the whole plot ends up like this. Norm starts talking cuz he doesn't want to lose the lumen. The lumen is the glowy rock. Anthony Michael Hall knows that Norm saw something in the park last night. Anthony Michael Hall is going to lose his job or get demoted for blowing the gig in the park last night. He wants to use this guy as a witness. He has convinced his partner to meet him at the park where he will bring the dog in the bag and the glowy thing. Okay, and this is kind of where I had a, a little bit of a problem with the movie. <laughs> no. Um, no. You had a problem with this movie? Well, I, I mean, I, is, is it because there wasn't cooking? Look, <laughs> uh, I'm all about continuity, and this kind of breaks it. <laughs> this you movie, picked the wrong fucking podcast, man. <laughs> besides this section, this movie had continuity. He, More than he, likely, they, they filmed it out of sequence then. So he he took he took her to the park where the explosion happened, right? Now the explosion happened in an abandoned zoo. Did there, it? Yeah, <laughs> that was the whole thing. We're gonna go meet at an abandoned zoo. But so like, he, he, it happened in a playground. He, yeah, it was a playground at a zoo. Apparently. It was a play. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a guy riding his bike in the background. <laughs> Her Sam's car pulls right on up. There's a dude walking his dog that attacks him. So I'm like, did you just take him to a different park? Because this isn't the same place where the explosion was. But I digress. That that really feels like a production <laughs> issue they forgot to resolve in editing. They're just like, eh, whatever. Um, so yeah, he, he, he takes Norm to that park in a duffel bag. Because what else would you do? When he takes him outside, he's like, oh, Upworld. It's so whatever. He's all crazy. Um, and then he tries to get him to do, to describe who it was. And I'm like, I don't know why you would think this person in the middle of the night would be able to describe who it was. But he says it was a giant with no eyes. It screamed. And then kaboom. That you know, was his. Here's just, no, no, nothing in the plot makes sense. Let's get, to, <laughs> let's get to the meat of the scene. Here's the meat of the scene. He's beating around the bush. I will not. We're going right into it there. The partner shows up. And she, she, she's gonna, and, and Norm has fled into a bush because of a dog. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. We're, again, we're not beating around the bush. We're going straight into the bush. Norm has dived into. She shows up. She's, and he's, and he's, she's like, where's this witness you found that you called me about? And he's like, over there in the bush. And she doesn't want to look in the bush because clearly there's no one's going to be in the bush. She looks at the bush and Norm does his superpower thing where he's like moving where she is. So he does, she doesn't see anything and she thinks he's crazy. The plot we just talked about. But, Norm then attempts to look up her skirt. Yeah, he like well, she's wearing uh, she's wearing jeans, but she's got a kind of a long jacket that covers up her butt. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, and, he, so and he's he, trying to lift that up. He lifts up the jacket. Nice, Randy. Shut up. Okay, shut up. 
Yes, folks. The gnome sexually harasses this woman <laughs> and comments on her ass, which he refers to specifically as a roundy. Yes. And then he talks about um, her breasts. You have that soundbite? Uh, yeah, that that isn't. Oh, um, I have that in just a little bit because he talks okay. about her breasts uh, again. He talks about lots of breasts, and he's he a really—he's a really horny gnome. He's—he's he's a horny gnome, and he's <laughs> most 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 definitely a breast guy. He also has a word for women that sounds an awful lot like puta. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, the he, whole thing is super upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so after he's done sexually harassing Sam, he's he decides to handcuff himself back to Norm, so Norm could just ride in the car with him. And he goes back to his his house, I guess. This is his house. And he's attacked by Zadar. Zadar, the character, not Zadar, the actor. Mm-hmm. It's an important <laughs> distinction to make because later he will be detected by Zadar, the actor. Yes. <laughs> this fight is weird. It's it's a knife fight. He uh, Zadar sexually threatens Anthony Michael Hall mm-hmm. while he has him like bent against a... Um, Fireplace mantle with his knife. Again, super uncomfortable movie. And then Norm joins the fight because he's handcuffed to Gallagher and just bites Zadar on the ass. And the fight becomes this huge drawn out thing where Norm has turned the tides by attacking him like a rabbit animal. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was going for the ass or for the gnuts because he went right up there. <laughs> you were going to kill me. Anyway... Uh, Zadar actually ends up stealing the the shiny rock, the glowy yeah. the glowy stone, the, the lumen. The lumen. Mm-hmm. Please, the lumen. <laughs> yeah, but how many lumens is it really? Can it go up to a hundred twenty inch screen? How far back is the throw? <laughs> how many foot Lamberts am I getting off of this lumen once it bounces off the wall? So, so this is when we get kind of uh, a like a, a part of the of Norm's plot because he says he needs to get his lumen back. He wants to save his people. Your people, your world. You mentioned this before. Now, what are you talking about here? What are you? Gnome. A gnome. And can you grant wishes, gnome? No. Can you? Why, Jess, huh? All right, so you're a gnome. What's your name, gnome? Gnome. Gnome. Right, I'm going to stake out with a gnome named Norm. Yep. Stake out. First of all, if you were a gnome, you would know that the G in gnome is silent. It's gnome, okay? No, it's cannot. Don't push it with me. The best joke in the movie. <laughs> no, it's not. So yeah, he tells him earlier he needs to he needs to save his people. Then they decide that they're going to go out to the beach to do some investigative reporting. Okay. So, so <laughs> I, I, I wanted I want to do I want to do the lore building. This is the lore. This is the mission in the underground world of the gnomes. There is a glowing stone called the lumen that acts as a sun for the underworld so they can grow crops and survive. And it only holds light for so many years. And then warriors have to go back to the surface to the place they call the upworld and expose the lumen to the sun in order to recharge it like day glow. What? Yeah. And then they bring it back down and it's good for like 10 years or so or however the fuck long, right? That's a solid plot. And Gnome at this juncture says that he is a warrior on this mission mm-hmm. and that without the Lumen, which his people will die. So that is the stakes that Gnome, that Norm is playing with. Anthony Michael Hall's stake is he's going to get saddled with a desk job. <laughs> that's about, that's about it. We're getting the worst half of the awesome, like there, there's two plots going on here and we're focusing the whole movie's focusing on the wrong plot i want to see more gnomes 
I would I would like to see more gnomes. Now, now they make a pact here that he won't expose Norm to the world, and they do it with spit. My note for this scene says, weird and gross. He does the yawning thing on, on Anthony Michael Hall, and Norm has this thing where he just runs, walks along the beach to see the beach in like full-on 90s gear. Total 90s scene with like the backwards hat and the brightly colored clothes, and everyone's just like, look at that dude. While Lowrider yep. plays in the background. It's the most kid scene <laughs> of the entire film. Yeah, but not really, because right before that, he's, again, catcalling he yeah. a girl. He's in there. We, we find out he's not, he's not just a roundy fan. Giant popos. Take it easy, will you? You got to concentrate. Giant popos. So he has... Uh, gone after the ass and now he's gone after the boobs and um he is just he's he's just out of control yeah and then so yeah he wa- wanders around the beach for whatever reason it was he clearly filler guard. yeah it was like hey look we can make this puppet walk on the beach i think it was a humble brag from stan they get back in the car and they drive back um they see zadar's henchman the actor zadar uh, they follow him. His name is Reggie. Well, maybe we should just call him Reggie from now on. That's his character's name. Did you know that that dude, Robert Zadar, he's, he's been acting since 1985. Well, he was acting since 1985. He had at least one film appearance every year he has been acting except for 1986 and 2001. He was also a Chippendales dancer, so keep that in mind. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, he, he was in a lot of stuff. Like we said, Maniac Cop was... Was a good one. At this point, they follow him to the strip club again, right? Uh, well, no, they're they're fighting. He's fighting Zadar, and this is. Uh, I had to take this quote out because there is a line in here that I, I I think was breaking the fourth wall and really sending a message to the audience and to the viewers at home. They followed Reggie, the, the henchman, to a butcher shop, and Anthony Michael Hall has decided to lead on him by sneaking in the butcher shop and acting as a customer. And he has dressed Norm up as a infant and has Norm in a stroller. <laughs> and and then Zadar goes and hits and catches him and holds him up against the wall and his voice gets all high pitched. But then he says this, and I'm telling you, this was a message to the audience. Hey, what kind of a father are you anyway? Oh, I'm not about to bring a kid to an environment like this. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You know kids are impressionable. <laughs> you brought your kid to a movie with a puppet saying nice popos. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a father, aren't you? you know what dawns on me is this movie came out in 1990, right? Mm-hmm. So this is two years after Roger Rabbit, a movie that is a buddy cop mm-hmm. about a fantastical creature and also is very horny. This is true, but like that movie is good. Yes. So there's is. your there's your line of delineation, but this is what it's trying to do. It's trying to ape on those vibes in a, just a, a Stan Winston-y way and hits a couple of kids tropes on the way. You know, classic kids tropes like going to a strip club <laughs> in the middle of a movie, which apparently has happened in more than one kids film. So who am I to judge at this point? And that's exactly where we're at in this movie is the second venture to a strip club where Norm gets up on stage and dances. Okay, so this happened- like Paddington Bear. Mm-hmm. This happens at the 41 minute mark. <laughs> So Norm has Norm now sneaks into this movie. He does have another superpower, which is he can tap on any door and it magically opens. Oh, I did not notice that. He just taps it with his fingernail and the door just unlocks. So he has snuck into uh, Zadar's office behind the strip club. Gallagher follows him and they have this confrontation. Gallagher says, hey, Norm, he's, don't do that. He's got a gun. As if that's supposed to mean something to Norm. Only then 
he sh- Zadar shoots at them, and Norm takes cover and says he's got a gun, which is <laughs> a strange sequence of things to happen. Zadar flees out through uh, the strip club, through like 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 his secret lair actually ref- uh, feeds into the runway, and they run down the runway past the strippers. Actually, Gallagher jumps over the stripper. Yeah, and then Norm walks out and. Uh, the stripper just stares Norm down because she sees this weird little creature on the runway after all of that shit happens. And she starts dancing and he starts dancing and they're dancing together on stage in a strip club at the 41 minute mark in a children's film. <laughs> That's Need where we are. Put the <laughs> emphasis on what has happened. I, I right. seem to have this habit of of movie choices lately of them not staying in their lane. Uh, there's there's a street chase. Anthony Michael Hall commandeers a um, a hearse, which is actually the second joke in the film. I was going to say this was one of the like the actual funnier moments of the film, which is it's pretty good. He commandeers a vehicle, realizes it's a hearse, and he's leading a funeral procession, and then proceeds to have a high speed chase through the city that ends in a wreck with the um, the, the the corpse. Yeah, ejecting at the back, and the guy try- and a passerby trying to give the corpse corpse CPR. It's hilarious. It was it was actually a really really yeah. funny scene. Get over here, help! Oh, that was wonderful. As luck would have it, the his partner, who now has a new partner, who is also trying to um, sexually harass her. Both of them show up. Do they? They 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 think about arresting him, and he gets away. Yeah, they end up putting him on suspension or something like that, and then he ends up. Um, He's getting away, but Norm took off on his own adventure and uh, ran into another glass door. And then had an anxiety attack, as one would. Yeah. Uh, Gallagher finds him. They've tracked down Zadar to this penthouse. They go up to the penthouse and have a final confrontation with Zadar. Make him Uh, scream. Did you snag this? I I didn't. It was too, it was just, it was just too, didn't didn't sound right on its own. It was really weird. But it was a terrible scream. It was a terrible joke. They're going to try and get the lumen back. It's a big, it's a big thing, but somebody actually like snipes Zadar from the ground. Okay, so Zadar is at the penthouse of a skyscraper. This person shoots Zadar from several blocks away on the ground with a handgun. Yeah, I'm not a big gun guy, but that I've won't enough, work. I've played enough video games <laughs> to know a revolver firing all the way up to the penthouse is not going to have that great of accuracy. It's a perfect like heart shot. <laughs> Yeah, and Zadar uh, Zadar falls dead, and guess who's the prime suspect? It's gonna be Gallagher and Norm, who also gets arrested. They call him a freak. They call Norm the freak in custody, which they refer to again as the paddy wagon because it's that kind of movie. And you're like, but they, but at this point, they actually do show who the shooter is right now, and that, yes, I, I actually, oh, they do I, do, yeah. I, I didn't see that coming. It was yeah. the. It's the police chief, Jerry Orban. So here's my other problem with this film, all right? Are we really supposed to believe that Jerry Arbach should really just shoot a guy after devoting all those years to both law and order? (laughs) Well, he said he doesn't like the criminals. They deserve to die anyway. Uh, That is pretty coppish. Yeah, he's, that's why he, that's why he didn't want to he didn't want to shoot uh, Gallagher here because you know he was he was he was a decent guy. He wanted to get the diamonds and go to Mexico and fake fake his drowning, fake his death, like any police officer would. But we find out at this moment that while while they're arrested, that Norm is not a warrior. Norm mm-hmm. Norm is a very horny little gnome. <laughs> Norm is a tunneler 
who has a crush on a girl who only likes warriors. And he says, now I'm going to, I'm going to pitch something here. What Norm says is that his, uh, his lady wanted him to steal the lumen and go up to the surface and recharge it to prove himself to be a warrior. What I think happens is Norm is what you would call a nice guy. And Norm took it upon himself to steal that Lubin to impress a girl that he probably didn't have that much talking to going on anyway. Yes. That is what probably actually <laughs> happened down in Underworld. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Norm tries to convince uh, convince Galler to call Sam and they have a lovely discussion uh, about the women. And that's when he starts talking about that. And he, You're a puka, help? It's a puka. Puka. With opos. Oh, you mean like a female? With titties. <laughs> totally a line that belongs in a children's movie. Yeah, you know, you teach them that the thing that makes a woman a woman is is, is breasts, and then also... Oh, you mean a woman? Titties. <laughs> and then also that, yeah. <laughs> it gets worse, because then we, we, get a, we arrest him and take him to the police station. Yeah, and so they say they want to process him, so they process him. And there's a whole bunch of jokes about the processing of, of a gnome and what that entails physically. I don't think it's standard procedure to... To do this, but they strip they strip <laughs> they strip him down as part of arresting him. So they strip search this dome at, at a, roughly the fifty minute to an hour minute mark. The the exact words were strip him. Yeah. Um. And at this point, I have one question. I don't know. Maybe you can help me with it because you did the research. Um. Who is this movie for? Yeah, ninety six percent of kids. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> you get two shots, one from the rear and one from the front. And he's a buff fucking gnome. So I will say uh, we had to put him pretty high on the fuckability scale of actors that we've rated so far. You know, and if we're going to be objectifying ones, we might as well do ones that's an actual object, this puppet. <laughs> and um, there was a full frontal shot. It was, uh, you know, his, his, very, his very strategically were placed. Blocked. However, it was a quite a long object that was blocking. I just want to add. It's it, it's a straight up Austin Powers joke. Can I tell you I was immensely disappointed after this movie was over that I, I could not find any any erotic <laughs> fan art on DeviantArt at all? Like that requires I, fans. Well, I, it just feels like somebody would have had Sonic fuck Norm at some point. And it's not there. So I, now it's up to me to go write the fanfic in which Sonic fucks Norm. And I don't want to be the person to do that. But what I am saying is look up Found on Shelf on AO3 in six months and see what happens. <laughs> God, do I need to set up a new account? Uh, so yeah, um, there's, and then Sam walks in while he's standing there butt naked on the table as, as with three guys looking at him. <laughs> she has a moment. She, then she just walks out, which, you know, honestly, I would too. I'd be like, mm, okay, I'm going to leave now. This is weird. Then the police chief, like, takes the takes Norm back to his office because apparently he's just going to shoot him in the office. Norm is yelling at him and he's or they're talking back and forth. And police Yeah, just like goes, the implication he's going to kill Norm right now in his office. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, as any police chief would. Even a corrupt one would not do that. But he literally just closes the blinds. Yeah. And Sam realizes that, oh, something's up with how Sadara was murdered. She comes and tells Jerry Orbach this and interrupts his plan to murder Norm. And Norm is left alone with, I think, her new partner. Yeah, Detective Kaminsky, who apparently... I've always hated midgets, freaks, and midgets. 
96% of kids, folks. It's, you know, it just keeps going. But then Norm uses his uh, his magical powers of sleep induction again, makes him young. And gets away, and he tunnels back underneath the police station. Sam is talking with Gallagher at this point in custody. He's in his prison cell, and he's telling her the whole story, and she doesn't believe a word of it. And at that point, Norm busts into his prison cell. He tunnels straight into the prison cell and breaks out. And then she sees him, and she's like, okay, now I believe you. Even though she had already seen the gnome five minutes ago, she needed to see him tunnel, but now she believes him. She's right. on board. Kaminsky's After coming. After seeing this- that gnome dong, she's like, all right, what do we got to do to save this little guy? Yeah. Well, because... <laughs> <laughs> What happens is Gallagher's like, you got you to get us out of here. Kaminsky's coming right now. She decides to straight up just use sex as a weapon immediately. She's like, what do I do to, to save you guys? And he's like, think of something. And she's like, hey, Kaminsky, you want to go fuck in the other room? <laughs> yep. And then she leads him to the other room and she's like, now stay put right here. And then she goes and helps them escape. And meanwhile, the police chief is trying to book it as fast as he can out of the precinct. Admittedly, my mind is reeling to try and piece together what happens with the rest <laughs> of this movie. I'm just kind of paused on the fact that she's just like, that she, she's like really leaning into the sexual innuendo and think, and again, I'm thinking, who is this movie for? <laughs> well, they head back to the abandoned zoo because that's where the police chief is going. Because yeah, okay. unbeknownst Reason. to anybody, even the viewers, uh, he hid the briefcase underneath the little carousel. Why? The one with the diamonds. No one knew he was there. Well, you would just, you would just, you should just have left with the money. What the fuck are I, yeah, you doing? I don't, that was just, a, I guess they had to have a reason to come back there. Yeah. Not to mention that this massive crime scene where there was a, you know, a, a cop that was there and they were injured and there was a giant explosion and then one dude died. Nothing's roped off. Nothing mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. secured for anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this just happened. I think you might have. But anyway, that was just a, a little, a little complaint of mine. Yep. So anyway, basically what happens is there's a, there's a confrontation. Jerry Arbuck winds up dead, right? Okay. Well, yeah, they get into a fight on the cages. They record the conversation and I think, Oh yeah, then uh, Norm comes up and bites the chief in the nuts. Yep, because that's what that's, that's his main mode of attack. Powers that's are effective. He, he makes you sleep, and he um, what's his other superpower? There, sexually harasses. Wait, that's not a superpower. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but his main form of attack is biting nuts, and his main weakness is glass doors. So there you have it. That's that's Norm in a good nutshell. The movie basically, and so what you think it was, the bad guy gets defeated. Norm gets his, his lumen back. Anthony, Michael, Hall, and Sam hook up, and then Norm is going to tunnel back to. The underworld, but it ends with a very. This is this is how the movie ends. They're saying their goodbyes. He's about to tunnel back under. Sam and Anthony Michael Hall are kind of getting close together, and Norm pops back up and he goes, "Hey, Sluglip, something wrong with you? Make her toes curl. <laughs> Make her toes curl. That is the final line of this." children's movie what the fuck kind of ending was that Uh, once again i am asking you who is this movie for And, and then and like right before that though norm is kissing sam for entirely too long on the lips to the point where everybody has to go enough 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 he is he is just it's just the worst, but yeah, that's and then and then it ends with a kind of a 
I don't know, a little double thumbs up and all is well in the world. Yeah, and then there's a mid-roll where you find out that Kavinsky's still waiting to get laid in the police station hours later. A horny movie, but no one would have watched a sex pest named Norm, so they had to have some different marketing. Um, Dustin, how the fuck did this get made? Unsurprisingly, there was not a lot <laughs> of behind-the-scenes stuff, but I did manage to dig up a few uh, interesting facts. That Norm, the puppet of Norm, was actually worked on by 16 different people. And do you know who did the voice of Norm? Or they put him in the credits as vocal magic? I actually didn't pay attention. Ah, Rob Paulson. Do you know that name? Uh, sounds like I should, but I do not. Yakko from Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. Pinky yeah. Pink in yeah. the Brain. He's, uh, he's done over 250 animated characters and voiced over a thousand commercials if, if you've ever watched a cartoon somewhere between 1983 and now you have heard his voice <laughs> and then so the movie was written by two guys uh a co- two wild and crazy yeah. guys oh that explains fucking yeah. everything <laughs> it was a guy named pin dinsham and john watson uh, dinsham and watson that famous yeah. screenwriting team they, they actually founded a, a group called the Trilogy Entertainment Group. And mm-hmm. You remember uh, the, the Kevin Costner, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves movie? I love that movie. They wrote that. Really? <laughs> yeah. The same people wrote that? The same people <laughs> that movie has that. good jokes in it. <laughs> like three years kidding? later. Alan Rickman is chewing the scenery in that movie, and I'm living for it. That movie's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so they, they also did, uh, they produced Tank Girl. I like Tank Girl. Tank Girl's not a right? good movie, but I like it. I enjoyed Tank Girl, yeah. And they did uh they did the Outer Limits reboot. They did uh they did Carrie, the the watered down yeah, but the watered down made for TV remake in two thousand two that they changed the ending because they wanted to make it a TV series. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know there was a musical. Did you know there was a musical? I did not. It shuddered pretty quickly. It should. <laughs> oh god. All right, and and like you did mention earlier, uh as you may, I mean, you may, you, you probably know Stan Winston best um, for doing the uh, the special effects on the Demi Moore movie Parasite, <laughs> or maybe you know him from the creator of the TV series Manimal, and then he also did something with like time traveling robots and some Jungle Hunter movie and some things about dinosaurs. But this yeah, is the most important one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like it's, this is the second movie he ever directed, and they were actually both filmed in 1988. Do you you do know the other film, but I don't know if you know the other film. Not off the top of my head. Pumpkinhead. Stan Winston did Pumpkinhead? He directed Pumpkinhead. Oh, he did do Pumpkinhead. <laughs> yeah. Ah, shit. I fucking love Pumpkinhead. I can't remember. I forgot that. Yeah, so that was, that was pretty awesome. cool. So, so he did Pumpkinhead, then he did Norm Name, uh, Gnome Name Norm, and then he just... I saw uh, Pumpkinhead 2 first. Special effects. I saw Pumpkinhead 2 when I was six and had nightmares for like weeks. Why do you watch sequels before the first one? Because <laughs> I was six and it was on TV. <laughs> I guess so. Also, it does not matter with horror movies. I, I cannot stress enough. Like like see, like the types of movies I am watching primarily, it does not matter which version of it. I, like there's no real continuity. Most of them don't even matter if you just turn it on halfway. And so so I was looking at like how he, he kind of tried to find some something from him about this. Um, well, he also did the the special effects for the Monster Squad, which I love that movie. It was great. Yeah, he he did the um, um, the the fish dude, whatever I forget. They didn't call him like the 
uh, creature from the Black Lagoon, but he was basically that. He did that whole design of him, which mm-hmm. was, and the mummy, which they were both fantastic characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while he was working on that movie, uh, a guy named Peter Hames, who was producing it, mentioned that he read a script called Gnome. And he said, and I quote him here, Peter asked me a few questions about how one would go about creating a little gnome character. These producers had never been able to get the project off the ground because the same question always came up. How are you going to do the gnome? But with me as director, figuring out how to do the gnome would be a given. And there you go. That's how he got to become director. Well, you know, Pumpkinhead was good. Mm-hmm. And Gnome Name Norm was not. But like it's hey. not his fault. Like that the the movie is has a problem at the scripting stage, right? Like there's only so much you can do with a lot of the movie. I guess you could have directed an okay movie out of it, because clearly you're not getting Anthony Michael Hall's peak performance here. Yeah, um, the actual like puppeteering and Norm himself was like a fantastic design. It looked really cool. And they had to come up with whole new systems just to make the character walk. They they had this like this harness and rod system, so you know you kind of walk and the puppet walks with you. Um, they had to like reconfigure it and design this whole new rig to work with them. And I guess it, it used to be on their shoulders, but now it was in front of them. So the the Norm walking rig was a prototype for a later build they did for Terminator 2. Without a horny gnome obsessed with popos and roundies, we may not have had some of the amazing special effects that we got from Terminator 2. And also we would never, I, th- I think without this movie, we would never have gotten the 1990s cinema classic Theodore Rex. Yes. <laughs> Another fantastic movie. It took us an hour to get to a <sighs> Theodore Rex content that we yeah. got there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of all the behind the scenes, but I do have... Some Murder, She Wrote connections. Yeah, obviously you do. <laughs> you put Jerry Orbach in the fucking movie, but okay. What's what's the Murder, She Wrote connection? Did you know Anthony Michael Hall was on an episode? No, but that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Yeah, he was, uh, played Les Franklin, season one, episode 22, What You Don't Know Can Kill You. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jerry Orbach was a reoccurring character named uh, Harry McCraw. And Jerry, not only was he on a lot of episodes, he was on six mm-hmm. different episodes of Murder, She Wrote. He played like her friend from Boston or something. Yeah, cool. There was a spinoff show called The Law and Harry McGraw. <laughs> and he was the lead actor in the spinoff of Murder, She Wrote. This had to play into him getting the role in Law and Order. I, it, it had to, I, I think. And uh, Claudia Christian, who played Sam... Mm-hmm. She was in an episode, season seven, episode 17, The Prodigal Father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the hearse driver, <clears throat> the, the guy that got taken his, his hearse from him, his name is Ren T. Brown. He played two different roles on two different episodes of Murder, She Wrote. This is literally, I mean, this is a who's who of, I mean. Of <laughs> Murder, She Wrote connections. Pat Crawford Brown, who played uh, a female mourner. I think she was the one that was like in the car, like, oh, what are we going this yeah. way? This way. She was also in two episodes of Murder, <clears throat> She Wrote, playing two different characters. <laughs> okay. And, was was oh, Zadar? No. Sadly. Damn. But uh, Justin Lord, who played the booking officer that was, I think, taking the fingerprints, he was also in an episode uh, called Film Flam. So there you have it. We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got six actors that were involved in Murder, She Wrote, including one that was a spinoff. I think that's a, I don't think we're going to beat that. No, I, I think that's, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Patrick. Mm-hmm. In a way, I brought you here to offer you a job. 
you think you can do it better, so here's your chance. You can change three things. You know, this is where and limit it, limit it to only three. <laughs> so this is this is this is where taking a couple of weeks off from this show has really made me rusty because I'm like, what do I do? And also, this movie has again, actually, my two least favorite plots. One of them is um, person sees things, no one believes them. The other, my other least favorite plot is someone is in this. We've got this fantastical creature from this fantastical world. Let's just put them in everyday life. Yeah. Let's see what they. You got the Sonic movie. Sonic's in our world. You got Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks are in our world. You know. You got the Smurfs. The Smurfs are in our world. That's so freaking boring. Let me right. let me go see the Smurf world. Like like they've got all kinds of shit happening over there. What, what the Smurfs are gonna go? Ooh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch the fucking Smurfs. But the idea is like they always have the same thing. Where like they're they make jokes about our technology and our and what what's going on. I'm like, yeah, but I can get that from any fucking movie, right? Like if if yeah, it's pretty cut and paste. You just oh, let's take out the yeah. gnome and put in a hedgehog. Yeah. So like, what what do I do with this movie? Because the part I like is the gnome. But I can't just say, well, I want the movie to be about Gnome World because that's not one change. That's a different fucking movie. But if I had anything, that would be it. But to improve the movie that we got, which is my least favorite things all in one place. Um, <laughs> this movie is no longer a children's movie. It is now going to be an adult comedy that's really targeting teenagers. Yep. So I, that was that was one of my notes. Make it PG-13 or... Light R. Instead of cleaning it up, we're going to spice it up. Yep. So that's my first change. Second change. Make Zadar Zadar. <laughs> I want Robert Zadar to play the bad guy who's named Zadar. This accomplishes nothing but makes me very happy. And also, if we're going to have a bad guy in this movie, it might as well be fucking Robert Zadar. He's really good at it. He's already there. It's just, just... Uh, he's already being a bad guy. Why not make him the bad guy, right? Right. Okay. Third thing. Well, you can't make Norm less horny. <laughs> <laughs> right we're, we're aging everything up so now it's more of an american pie style movie so a lot of the problematic elements are actually getting cranked to 11 but story elements that we could change oh i know get rid of the fucking zoo don't even remembers it's a zoo right okay i don't even think that they remembered it was a zoo at that one okay point. so the best possible world is we get a movie about gnomes in this movie if we have the new movie about gnomes let's let's make it an aged up comedy Let's make Robert Zadar the bad guy. I was going to say make the zoo, but like if we had to do any other thing, like really somebody work with Anthony Michael Hall. He's funny. Usually what is going on here? Yeah. He didn't have any, you know, like, you know what it is? He had no chemistry with Norm. Maybe, maybe that was it. It actually might be it. <laughs> there was no one to play off of in any of his scenes. Yeah. But his scenes when he's with the police. Yeah, you're right. He, he do you know that? Okay, I'll get some coffee or whatever that dumb line was. Do you know? Just doesn't work. Do you know the vibe he has? He has Zach Morris vibes in this movie. Yeah, but like, uh, I'm like Zach, Zach Morris isn't old enough yet. Like in 1990, like it's coming, but it's not there yet. It's it's an archetype, right? It's the it's the it's not it's like the older version of Bart Simpson, whatever you want to call that. Yeah, but it's like the watered down generic version of. <laughs> Of him, it's 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 like the store brand version of Zach. Maybe just get rid of Anthony. I don't know. Something needs to change there. All right. Yeah. I have given you four options in my three option limit. <laughs> I think Damn that we it. are close. You broke the rules. I know. I, since when do I play by them? <laughs> I'm always like, if I could charge like ten things, 
and here they are. I yeah, I, I think you you either you either have to make it full on like you know PG thirteen, maybe R. I think PG thirteen you could still be just fine. Um, if you're doing R, you've got to get actual comedians in this because you're still making already comedies at this point. So like yeah. like I mean Bill Murray, if he's not busy making NFTs, <laughs> timely humor. Folks, we have a six-month buffer. Let me know how that's going to work out. <laughs> All right. You, do you have anything else that you need to add to this fine film? No. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right. That that wraps it up for this episode of uh, Found on Shelf. And if you enjoyed this podcast, and I know you did, um, please get your popos over and subscribe it and <laughs> on uh, whatever platform you've managed to scrounge up and find us on. And, Give us a nice rating on there as well and share it with some of your friends and check us out at foundonshelfpod.com or for all your social media needs, we're found on shelf pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, and at Gmail. Just feel free to uh, let us know what you think of the show, offer any suggestions on movies you'd like to check out in the future. And I, I do want to have a quick a quick little update. Um, you know, folks, if, if you've been listening at all and if you want to help the show at all, just, you know, don't forget to like rate or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. No pressure, but we do still have Cookie chained up in the basement. It's it's his it's his choice now. He actually contacted us on FetLife and he said yes. Uh, chain me up but you know he's down there and to help continue to support cookies lifespan we need you to help support the pod <laughs> help us buy lumens and go see strippers with gnomes <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well uh thank you guys for joining us and uh, we'll catch you next time good night hey uh <laughs> oh wait there it goes it stopped Well, I mean, the degree to which their actual sequels is debatable because you're not really <laughs> sure if it's the same Leprechaun or what the continuity is. You're watching Leprechaun. You right. know what you're getting into. Who gives a fuck? But no, there was going to be a Leprechaun spinoff where he gets bitten by a vampire. I'd watch it. Do you know what it's called? No. Vampircon. Oh, Jesus. That's wonderful. 